Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 64 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is located right here in Iowa. They roast coffee beans, and then you can buy them from them. They'll ship them to your house. Ah, yeah, that's right. Coffee beans shipped to your house. You don't even have to go to the store for coffee anymore, uh, let alone go to one of those big box companies and have them brew it for you and pay a gazillion dollars every single morning. The best part about this, you can buy the coffee. They'll ship it to your house. It's roasted right here in Iowa by somebody from right here in Iowa that also supports music. And the coolest thing I think Couchtown does is they offer 20% off. And that's that's only if you listen to this podcast. And, uh, well, here you go. Uh, this week's 20% off code is hypnosis. Um, hypnosis. Uh, the spelling is down below in the description section if you want to see the spelling. You can save 20% on your order this week. The coolest part about this 20% off thing is... Uh, Andrew at Couchtown Coffee does this out of the goodness of his heart, and I don't even get any of that 20%. We just made a nice agreement to say, hey, you know what? You support local music. I support local music. The people listening to this obviously loves local music, and uh, let's give them, give them something to, to look forward to at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, depending on when you listen and when you enjoy your coffee. So check it out. Go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, send it in order, and make sure you mention hypnosis. Uh, the code is good this week. That would be December 5th through the 11th, and um, it's good for those seven days, so make sure you uh, hop on it and check it out. It's delicious coffee. I drink it every day, not because, uh, not just because they sponsor the podcast. I actually really like it. It's it uh, it was one of my big fears when I started the partnership with them that, you know, I said, hey, you guys want to help me out with the podcast, do a little sponsorship, and I'll talk about your coffee. And oh yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. It worked out really good. Sent me a couple samples of the coffee so I could try it out. It's bomb. It is so good. And that's one reason I've had them on week after week after week after week. The coffee's good. They support local music. You can't beat that. You can't beat it. And uh, you know, check it out. Save that twenty percent. Enter the code word hypnosis. It's good for this week only. Why is the code word hypnosis? I'll tell you why. Because this week I'm sitting down with uh, the gal that sang for Hypnosis, the band that was based out of the, well, I guess it'd be Fort Dodge-ish area. They were based out of Junior's Recording Studio. It'd be a Junior's Motel in the uh, Fort Dodge Otho-ish area. And they were, you know, they made like four albums plus. They they had about a 10-year lifespan. The band is amazing. Um... I actually ran into Heather originally. Uh, somebody put me in touch with her. Uh, I believe it was the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association kind of pointed me that direction. And she's got her own podcast. How cool is that? Uh, it's another person in the Midwest, actually not too far from my hometown, making a podcast. And we discuss all sorts of stuff about that in the upcoming episode. Um, her podcast and my podcast uh are, are slightly similar, but uh, based on formats and how we, we put it out to the public and exactly what goes on behind the scenes, our podcasts are still quite different. So check it out. It's really, really cool. Um, uh, I've got links down below to everything. We talk about that. We talk about our time in hypnosis. We discuss the differences and the similarities between our podcasts. Uh, we, we just discuss our, our mutual love of music and uh, how we perceive everything that's going on music-wise. Uh, one of the cool things was I, I have a little mini recording studio at, at my place 
but uh, Heather records her podcast at Junior's Motel, and that's, uh, like I said, it's, it's in the Fort Dodge to Otho area, somewhere in there, and that is a amazing recording studio. It's only the second time I've ever been in there. Um, once was to watch a band record, probably about 10 to 15 years ago, and uh, other than that, the place hasn't changed too much. Uh, it's it's amazing. I, I It's one of those really cool things. It's got a lot of history. Junior's Motel. Uh, check it out. It's really cool. If you guys like uh, want to do some analog recording and things like that, check it out. I mean, I'll talk about more about this in the in the outro, but check out the episode. It's really cool. I sit down. We talk with Heather Kelly about her podcast, The Indie Music Room. We talk a little bit about hypnosis. We talk similarities and differences in our in our stories, and it's it's a really fun one. I had a great time sitting down, uh, getting to know Heather Kelly. So check this one out. It's really cool. Uh, episode sixty four with Heather Kelly. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Uh, Sitting down today with Heather Kelly. And uh, Heather, I actually met you as a podcaster but mm-hmm. you but you're much more than a podcaster you're a musician as well and how did how did you go from one to the next i mean i'm sure you're still involved musically. oh where do you want me to start let's <laughs> start, see start at the very beginning from the very beginning it's a very good place to start okay we're gonna go back to fourth grade all right my parents bought my sister violin nice she didn't want to play it they didn't want to waste the money, so they made me play it. Mm-hmm. So I was classically trained on violin. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Uh, most outstanding musician my senior year. Like, I was really good. First chair, first violinist. Cool. And then I dropped it. Got married, had the kids, did that thing for a while. Mm-hmm. And when I was living in Humble, I was going to Our Savior's Lutheran Church, and I ran into a guy named Dan Loden. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know Dan Loden. I know Loden. who Dan is. So, and he played with that... Reggae group, Man, yeah. I, I mean, Do- Sundogs or you and I have actually prior to the podcast. You're you're making me dig stuff up from so far back in my yeah. past. I can't even remember it. Yeah. So. so I think it was the Sundogs. But anyways, I went to church, and he was the bass player in our contemporary church band. And he goes, "You know, I've been working with these two guys. I think it'd be really cool if you came over. We could probably put you in the band." And I'm, uh-huh. and I'm like, <laughs> from classical, I read music to having to improvise. I you know, I didn't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. But I walked in, and there was Eric Hovey. Nice. Don Sorensen. Cool. Um, Dan Loden, myself, and Jeff Foreman was the drummer. Okay. So I walked into this, and he actually wrote every piece of music for me, because all I could do was read at that time. Mm-hmm. Dan Loden did. Yep. And so I'm playing these notes he wrote me, but then I started getting comfortable with kind of going outside of the box. And I said to Eric Covey one time, how do you do that? How do you play without reading music? And he's like, it's called improvising. (laughs) And so he kind of was the one that really spent time with me to show me how I can, what keys to play in and and what, you know, he actually got me playing piano. So I, I play piano as well, but that was all by ear because Eric taught me that stuff. That's awesome. So we played quite a few shows and um, Eric brought me down to the recording studio, mm-hmm. and he go, you know, Eric's a blues guy. I yeah. love him to pieces, but he's a blues guy. I, I actually have a couple of Eric Hovey 
CDs that I bought when I was in high school. Like, Do you really? Like, I mean, 15 years ago, somewhere I got them. Oh, like yeah. That. So, Blues Farm, Recycled Souls, I don't know. I'm on a bunch of them, but you probably heard me through those, too. No kidding. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so he brought me here to the studio, and he's a blues guy, and he, he knew that I had potential, but he brought me here, and Kirk was getting done with a heavy metal band. Okay. And I walked in, and he goes, well, there she is. And I thought, what does that mean? Well, fast forward to conversations later, he knew my parents in high school. Oh, okay. So he saw the combination of my parents when I walked in the door, and he's like, oh, God, there she is. <laughs> but, um, no, we went down in the bottom room, and I got on the grand piano and barely knew how to play, but I showed him one little lick I had, and that turned into our first song and cool. our first album title and we've released four since so it just mm-hmm. it kirk and i were a better fit um because i'm more of a pop rock girl and eric was more bluesy moody you know that kind of music and i don't have that big voice i don't have a great voice i've got a unique voice <laughs> all right I don't, I don't have any voice i mean if, uh, my monotone podcast is about the best i can do uh, as far as even like singing at all I'm uh Well, you're in bands as well. I am. I do I do background vocals in a punk band. I don't know if that Good. qualifies as singing. Uh, I think it does. Um I've done some solo shows and sang, but I also um I lean on voice modulators quite a bit to to uh try and correct my my horrible singing. So um or cover it up if nothing else. It's like uh it's like putting on nice clothes and makeup and duding yourself up and going out and it's like this guy cleans up pretty nice. It's like, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Until you see him at home. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, it's interesting you mentioned that is I've I've worked in this studio, Junior's Motel, my entire career and I did work a couple times. Dan Loden had a studio as well, and that was all digital. Mm-hmm. But here being all analog, I have not had the privilege to use pitch correction yeah i mean i gotta do it right if it's gonna come out it's gotta be right you know that's what the people hear and sure we add some eq and stuff on the ends but it's like when you're in an analog studio you gotta do the work yeah yeah i mean i mean you can cover up some stuff with a digital studio but even then you still got to be able to well i guess you can cover up quite a bit in a digital studio I've, i've seen those jimmy fallon things where they have somebody on there that's really bad and all of a sudden they pitch correct them and they sound great and i'm like why couldn't I have done that? It was so much easier. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I'm going to bring this up. It kind of reminds me of the yeah. South Park episode where, sure. where the Randy fig- everybody figures out Randy is Lord, the yeah. singer. And, and he's just like showing them how he just pitch corrects a little bit and a couple EQ adjustments there and whammo. And it's, it's, it's a Lord album comes yes. out of the computer. But it's I like, know it. I don't know. But I even then, I still feel like you have to be able to do the work because you can't. I mean, if you put it in a guitar sense, you can't really like play four notes and then digitize it to make it sound like you're shredding a solo that's so, true so you still have to do some of the work you know yeah. to make it to make it come out that way at least but, i always felt pressure um in a digital studio because they'd be like you've got three chances we'll take the best of the three and put them together and i'm like no i want it perfect you know i always felt that pressure yeah and i, I feel like uh i've i've been around both uh digital and analog studios analog much less than digital but i feel like digital a lot of it is a time crunch sense where yeah. it's just like 
we're going to play it to a metronome. You just do it over and over and over again. We'll just take the best one that you shot out of that and then go to the next one and just do it over and over and over again and we'll yep. take the best one from there. Uh, or we'll just clip the best parts out and then seam them all together and wham, you've got a, a Well, it makes it easier, especially when you can hit that auto, like when you've done a mix and you can like reset the mix you did. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot easier because, you know, we're like pushing the dials up very slowly and trying to find that sound again so yep. i think digital has a lot of benefits i oh. just i'm not comfortable i'm old <laughs> <laughs> i'm used to the analog but i mean it's a very unique thing and it's very cool that it's actually here um yeah. uh located you know near otho fort dodge area mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's such a cool thing to have as close to my hometown as it was and to say i've, I've actually been in here and seen a band record in here was was another thing that's just really cool yeah yeah. Plus, there's a lot of history, you know, here, a lot of here in this building. So yeah. it's kind of a wild thing. And you do your podcast from here as well. I do. I do it right in this room we're speaking in. Oh, no um, kidding. You know, Kirk has been very generous to offer this space for me to be able to record my podcast. And then he does his magic. And then we send it to my uh, producer, Bill Grady from FordodgeMusic.com. Nice. And so he does all the post-production. I just do, the, I have the fun part. I get to talk to the artist mm-hmm. and everybody else does the stuff and I, I just enjoy what I'm doing. And like you, you know, this came about, my podcast came about seven, eight months ago and we talked about it. Bill started up the Ford, you know, my Fordodge Radio.com. Yeah. And so we talked about maybe having a show, and we had a meeting one day, and he just said, you know, it'd be cool to have a show. And I thought, I am not in front of an audience anymore, but I still love musicians, and I still love music, and I still want to hear the stories. So I kind of like being behind the scenes now and hearing everybody else's stories. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what it is, especially like from my own point of view, I've been playing music for, I guess, publicly for such a short amount of time, Mm -hmm. but I enjoy talking about it with people. Um, maybe to, I don't want to sell myself short. I do it a lot, uh, just based on instinct, but it's just like, I might not be like the best guitarist, but I love gear. I love talking about gear with people. I love talking about different kinds of music, finding new music, going to shows, seeing bands. Cause you never know when you're going to go to a show and see a band that you're just like, Holy cow, where have you guys been? You know, yeah, this whole my time. whole how, life. How have, I not, how have I never heard of you? You know. And, yeah, exactly. Um, sometimes you find out about bands right away, and other times it takes a while. Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that like from here to Iowa City is such a far distance that the scene is so completely different, and there's so many bands over there that people haven't even heard of, uh, vice versa, even. Even you know? Cedar Falls. My daughter is a sophomore at Cedar Falls, you and I, this year. Mm-hmm. And that seems totally different than Fort Dodge or for Iowa City or whatever. Yeah, I, it's just wild to think about that kind of stuff. I mean, it, you've got something very unique going here with your podcast as far as uh, having it in, in the studio here. But you also play musical clips from people that um, either have some available or, yeah. or or send them to you. I don't know if you're doing it here in the studio, if they're all going post-production on that. Post-production on that. Sweet. That is so cool. I told you, I just get the fun part. <laughs> so I've got awesome. a good team that works and helps me, so <laughs> it's fantastic. That is awesome. Having a team would help quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you're going all solo. Oh, uh, it's horrible. I know. <laughs> no, it's, it's not horrible. I just... We talked about it before. I'm on a time crunch, and it's yeah. it's tough some weeks to get podcasts out and get them all edited perfectly the way you want them to. I know. Sometimes I just send them out how they sit, and sometimes this is what you get. Yep. And yeah. Sometimes I edit them down if I have time, and um, you know, that's another thing I keep thinking about is like 
your podcast and mine have parallels, but they are very different in yeah. what they do. Because, I mean, the parallel is it's a podcast and we talk to people that are playing music or entertaining right. people. That, I mean, that's those are the two parallels. Other than that, it's completely different. We the format's different, but the parallels are we both have the same interest. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's such a cool thing because we have only overlapped once ever with, yeah. with a guest and in a year, which is wild to think of that, too. Yeah. It's Pretty crazy. And that one was Alejandro Trevino, which which yeah. was a great... And that was the other thing. Your interview with him was so much different than my interview with him. Completely different information. I know. That's the best part about this. And that's one reason I really dig your podcast. And Thank it, you. It, it I make, dig yours too. <laughs> it makes me wish that I, I guess, had known you before so I could have enjoyed you playing music uh, yeah. you know, more than, you know, I guess now you don't play as much or at all um, publicly anymore. But uh, Well, you know, we had a... 10 years run with hypnosis four mm -hmm. albums released actually a fifth one with an ep but there was just a time in my life where i kind of needed to figure out what i was gonna do next you know yeah. yep oh yeah and i was so privileged to play with everybody i played with melvin james from minneapolis and and He's been signed to a couple record labels, and then Kirk, of course, from the Hawks, and Dave from the Hawks, and John Passo, and I just, I had so many people, Topher, uh, Chris Anderson played with me for a while. Okay. Just the blessings over the years we had, and we, we did create some good music. <clears throat> it's just, it was a time of raising my kids, getting them out the door. Now they're all on their own, so I, cool. I'm coming back to the you know, doing the behind the scene thing now. And I'm really enjoying that. I do sit down at the piano and try to write a little bit. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm still doing that. And nice. I get called for funerals and stuff and weddings for violin, but. Sweet. Mm, well. It's not the rock and roll lifestyle you well, want to hear about, well, but. Yeah, I know. But it's still, it's still really cool though. Cause I mean, as far as when you first said you played guitar or played violin, you were first chair violin in high school. And that yeah. made me think I came from a high school where we didn't have violins in the band. Right. You know, we didn't have an orchestra. We didn't have, I guess that would be the technical term Orchestra, for it. yeah. So, so like, our whole deal was uh, just wind instruments. Yeah. You know? So we didn't have violins. There were people that played violin. As a matter of fact, uh, my cousins play violin. And oh, do they? They're pretty good, too. Um, yeah, I don't know if they play so much anymore, but mm -hmm. I remember them being very good growing up. And that was one of those things that always kind of wowed me to think that, like, you're playing something completely totally completely different than any other instrument that anybody else is playing because i mean like you grow up in school you're in fifth grade there's whatever 100 200 people in your class like 60 70 percent of them are going to be in band the first year and yeah. it's like everybody's got an instrument in their hands but none of them have strings it's a hard instrument and it's, it's fretless yes. i mean you don't have those frets like a, a guitar you know it, it, this is funny as i thought oh cool i'm branching out I'm gonna be this rock star. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy myself a three quarter Fender Squire bass, mm -hmm. and I put it on. And I thought I could play it, but it's absolutely asinine. It's exactly backwards from a violin. Oh yeah. So G D A E is on a violin, and it goes exactly backwards on a bass. So okay. I. It, it makes no sense to me. I uh, donated that things to chicks who rock in Des Moines. Cool. <laughs> I was done. I'm like, nope, that's not my jam. So. Well, I guess at least you gave it a try. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the weird thing because I remember when I first started trying to pick up other stringed instruments because I was like, well, if you can learn one, you could probably easily learn yeah. another one. But when I got to a mandolin, it was like the same concept where it's the spacing was different for the one string to the next. And I, off the top of my head, can't remember what it is, but it's like this. It's almost like you got to build everything upside down from the ground up 
if you're thinking about it in guitar terms. And it was it was different. It was it just, is different. No, mandolin I can play because that is strong, just like a violin. There you go. So yeah, that's that, so I've got these. This it, yes. it was exactly like I thought of it. It was exactly like you said it was. So. Yeah, there's certain things I can do and a lot that I can't. So. Yeah. Did you stop at like piano, violin? Do you have anything else that you like any tricks up your sleeve? As yeah, far as... actually, I was in drumline in high school. No, no way. <laughs> yeah, I was. I played the small bass drum. <laughs> That's so crazy. I carried that thing around and, and I was so petite and so small that that carrier would cut gouges into my legs. So they finally, Mr. Casty, Dan Casty, bless his heart, he was my, my band teacher. He finally goes, enough is enough. I'm putting you in charge of the cymbal line. <laughs> so what I did is I played cymbals and we, I like uh, choreographed all of the moves and, and all that. And we actually got a one at state drum line. So cool. So percussion. And, you know, my dad was in music forever. I oh, mean, nice. I grew up, my dad was in a band called Buckeye and played with a country band and, and Dale and the Deveneers. So I've been around music my whole life. Um, Bless my mom's heart. She just passed last week, but sorry to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it. I gotta tell you something. Now that we're on this subject, but you want to talk about music? Hospice told us with my mom. They go music therapy helps, and you know what we did is we just held her hand, and Dad and my sister and my daughter. We were just singing to her, mm-hmm. and you know she reacted to that. So every type of music really does move people. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful to see, but. I had recorded Amazing Grace with Melvin and Kirk and Dave Hearn and myself, and I played that for Mom, and you could feel her reaction. So music is good for everybody. Yeah, that, that reminds me of a video I saw online of an uh, older gentleman with Alzheimer's, and they like yeah. all of his buddies came to his house that used to be in his jazz band growing up, and they started playing like jazz tunes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, as Alzheimer's does, the, the guy looks like he's not paying attention to anything that's going on right. but, but he's got his hand on the piano and he's playing along with them and so even even though it, you can't tell somewhere in his mind he's pulling all this stuff out right. and, and communicating with it which is mind-blowing to me it is um it's so cool it's it's probably one of those things that i wish people would you know look into it more find some you know way to tap into it but like you said music therapy that is a thing yeah it really is um there are people that actually have professions as music therapists and audio therapists and it's amazing like it's, it's really cool it's pretty wild yeah i um let's see Going back to the music, um, we released one album called Catch a Rainbow. The second album was Hypnosis. Third was Darkest Dreams. Fourth was Brand New Game. We had a video release in there somewhere. But, you know, after I told you I finished the music thing, I I lived in California. Cool. And then I lived on the East Coast in Annapolis, Maryland. And then I moved back here. And that's when I started working for Fort Dodge Fine Arts. Nice. So. Yeah, that's one of our uh, partners on the podcast. I know. Shelly Botter's awesome. Yes, she We've helped. been friends for a decade or more. But she offered me the job. I handle calendar events. So anybody that. The good thing about being part of, part of Fort Dodge Fort. I can't even say it. Fort Dodge. Fine Arts. Fine Arts. Thank you. Yes. I'm used to saying FDFA. That's why it was hard. But the beautiful part of that is if you're a member, I promote everything for you. I put it on three calendars a month. 
um, all your your submissions, all the events on the calendars. I do for Dutch Fine Arts, for Dutch Growth Alliance, and then Iowa Tourism. Nice. So that's what I do on the side. So you update all of uh, the calendars on their website yeah. then, too? I was going to say, I've sent a couple people over to the calendar on the website because it's cool. I mean, there's stuff to there's do. A, you know what? It's amazing. A lot of people don't think there's anything to do here, but mm-hmm. if they get on those sites and look at the tools, there's always something going on. I, I attempted to recreate exactly that because I saw when I was, it was one of those things where I saw I was like, well, there's there's shows going on, there's there's plays going on, musicals, things of that like all sorts of stuff that yeah. I would never even think about looking because it's not in my wing of Facebook or something like right. that. But because I found it, it was it's a nice tool, and I wanted to try and do something like that. Um, so I I made a Facebook group, and if you dump a Facebook event in there, if you go to the group on a computer. On the side, it has a calendar link in the group, and you can click on the calendar, and it does the same thing. It pulls up a calendar oh, it of, all, does. of all of the events that were posted in the in the group. Well, we're going to have to share some tricks here because I'm not sure I'm I'm privy on that one. I don't know. I, I would I would love to. I mean, I've, yeah, I've yeah, just yeah. started digging into that stuff. And that's oh, that's some, great. And that's something else I, I've debated because, like, as my podcast kind of grew, I wanted to... I kind of wanted people to like let out some of their secrets. Like, what is some one of the things that you figured out that helped you a lot that kind of got you to the next level that you think could help somebody else out? And like, one of the things I I divvied out on a prior podcast was I, I go to when I'm talking to people, I say, "Oh, you got a Facebook," and sometimes I'll sit here with my phone and look at it and click on it and see, if, just scroll around just so I can see what kind of stuff is on your Facebook while we're talking. Right. And I, you go to the events page, and it's like, "Oh, we got shows this day, that day, and the other day," and you go to the event page. There's nothing nothing listed on their events on their Facebook page. It's like, oh, it's because whoever made the event didn't tag you in it as a co-host or right. something, something, something. But there's a way around that. Okay. And the way around that was, uh, well, I talked about it. It's in the uh, the Uncle podcast, which I did with uh, Liberty Wear and Jada Garcia a few episodes back. So if you want to listen to it, go back and listen to that. I will uh, for sure. But I've I've debated even making like little videos and things like that and putting them up online. Like this is how you would do this on Facebook if you want to help something. Like I recently figured out how to like attach a tab on my Facebook page on a PC. You can see a YouTube tab on the side and it just pulls all my YouTube videos right to my Facebook page for me. Why don't we all just help each other figure this thing out? W- wouldn't it be cool? Oh my gosh. You know? And it's it's not like, I don't know. Maybe this is the way I look at it because it's a little bit different because I didn't start playing music until I was like 30. You'd go to shows and I'm I'm already in there thinking like I'm, I'm not going to make it rich. So I'm just doing this for fun. Yeah. But at the same rate, I also do notice that like you, <laughs> you go you go places like down in Des Moines and the scene there, like we were talking about, is very different than the scene up here. And I was talking to somebody who promotes shows up in the northern Iowa area and they were like, it's weird that we can pay bands to come up here and draw enough people and it, and it works. But if you go down to Des Moines... The general gist is we don't they don't pay bands very well because right. nobody shows up, pro- partially because there's a hundred friggin' shows going on every right. night in Des Moines. So it's tough to figure out like are you gonna go to the hockey game, the basketball game? And supply you know, versus demand. There's so much supply that the demand is bingo. not there. It's basic economics, is yeah, what it is. Exactly. And, and it's it's crazy that that happens. So I like I don't know. I went into this thing thinking you know I'm not gonna make it rich, but it was it's exactly what we were talking about. I just wanted to kind of help other people and talk about what what was going on, as far as you know, like for instance, you have a podcast, and yeah. it's 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 one of the one of those things where I didn't realize there was somebody else near my area doing kind of the same sort of thing I was doing. When I tuned in, I realized it was so much different. You know, and it's yeah. it's your application of of your knowledge of the subject versus mine, which well not versus because we're actually out there helping each other do the right. same thing. I mean, your podcast is, which I don't mean, we haven't even said the name of your podcast yet. 
Indie Music Room with Heather Kelly. It is available there on, we go. on Apple. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's, um, it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. on iTunes, everything. Yep, yep. I've seen it. I uh, I follow it on just about every platform I can get on. Oh, thank you. I follow you too. Because why not, you know, uh, rate and review. Got to yep. do it. I mean, it's one of my favorite things about finding out who has things like this that help support other people. Like, what, what, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, why do you do it? But, like, why? Like, what is what is the <laughs> thing that drives you? Because for me, it was pretty much just like, oh, I could use this as an outlet to promote shows or do things like that. Even if it's for my own band, it was a nice promotional tool. And then after a while, it was just kind of like, that kind of went by the wayside. Right. I just started talking to people about what they got going on instead of encasing the intro and outro with my garbage and putting the... My, my, for real, my reason was I wasn't performing anymore, but I wanted the connection with the music industry and I wanted the connection with the artists because I had so much fun in my 10 years with mm -hmm. recording and the experiences I've had. And not just my experience, but, you know, Kirk having the studio and my being out here 13 years, I've met so many cool artists. Mm -hmm. I'd come out here and like hang with the, the wives of the musicians for the day and make, yep. you know bring out some food or you know host host of the most mm -hmm. but i just met some cool people and i think that we all work so hard and i think that it we're needles in a haystack mm -hmm. as musicians it's really hard to get acknowledgement and if i can help anybody get acknowledgement for their work mm -hmm. i'm in you know that's exactly what it is is there's it seems so weird because there aren't very many trades it seems like any trade that involves anything artistic gets like sold down the river oh, that's that's 2019 probably shouldn't say that but it, it seems like everybody that has these uh, artistic expressions kind of get the short sell on some of these things for example like if i go play a show in des moines i'm not going to get paid as much and i just sit there and think like man i just went down there and did something nobody else in this room can do right or anybody else in the town because i don't nobody else knows the songs that i'm playing right etc whether or not they like them it's still my artistic expression and you think about something kind of like that and I mean, photographer is the same way. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people that are visual artists, it's the same way. Like, you go to art. That's one of my craziest things. Is I, I don't go to very many art shows, but when I do, it's just like, how'd you do that? Yeah. How do you, how do, you do that? That's only 50 bucks. Are you serious? Yeah, and it's, for sure. It's mind-blowing, you know, and yeah. everyone's just, I just, it blows my mind that people can sit down and, and not recognize some of this talent that's going on out there. Um it seems that music's got a big rebound, though, going. Um, it does. Um, maybe it's just the internet or me jumping into the scene a little bit to seeing it all happen, but it seems like even at Fort Dodge, it's just almost every night of the week you can pick a show to go to. Yeah. It's somewhere. It seems yeah, like Yeah, no, that's that. true. Um, I know that Shiny Top has music on Thursdays. Yeah, I, I almost want to say they did Tuesdays, Tuesdays and thir Thursdays. Yeah. They just started the Tuesdays as well. Yeah. And now I heard something about River Hop starting to do a jam or something on Thursdays, too. Cool. So, I mean, there's always something going on. Yeah. And, I mean, that was the other cool thing was um, when you were talking about learning how to do improvisation. Yeah. There was jam nights. Uh, Patty's pub. pub had one for the longest time. Now, um, you know, Patty's is no more. But uh, the Junkyard in Barnum has one on Tuesday nights. That's my cousin Eric's bar. No kidding. Just wanted to tell you that. Nice. Ashton's my my second cousin. Yes, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, we go up there and and sit down and just play a few sometimes for him just after dinner. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, they got the they got all the gear there. I mean, yeah, the and Clint part, is always Clint there. Clint is always there. Clint Riedel, he's such yeah. a good guy. Yeah, yeah. So there are people out there that are doing things, and it's it's so weird that it seems like 
when I go out there, I'm like, have you ever heard of, well, let me put it this way. I went to Timbuk Brew uh, in Clarion uh-huh. to see Brutal Republic play. Yeah. And I'm I'm usually kind of a, a bar fly is not the word, a fly on the wall is the yeah, word. Yeah, you like to watch, observe. Yes. I like to be people adjacent, and mm-hmm. that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. But I'll, I'll just sit there and, and just listen to people, and people are just like, who the hell are these guys? They're freaking awesome. And it's like... <laughs> They're from. They're like thirty miles away. How tops. do you not know Brutal Republic? <laughs> exactly. They're all over the place. They've been here for ten years doing this, or however long. It's been almost ten years. They've been probably I know. even longer. Jeremy's been playing music, you yeah. know. So, and it's just one of those things. I guess you just never know when you're going to show somewhere up, you know, show up somewhere, blow the doors off, or even play a show and have somebody enjoy what you're doing. And I feel like that's what makes all of that worth it, you know. I mean, as we were talking about before this, every now and then I'll go to a show and someone's like, "You're the podcast guy." Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like neat. You know, it's it's humbling. It's also kind of weird because I'm I'm so weird to have a podcast and like to talk to people. Yeah, but also go into public and not, be acknowledged for it. Yeah, I'm not necessarily the one to seek out conversation in public, but if somebody talks to me, I'll definitely do it. But it's also weird oh. when somebody like has adulation for mm. you. It's just like whoa, whoa. I don't know how to handle this. It's almost not like somebody me. walking up. I'd be that girl that come in and say, "Hey, how you doing? My name's Heather Kelly." <laughs> I'd high be in your face, high five, and give me a hug, pull it in. That's actually what I was thinking about. It's like people verbally <laughs> hugging you, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> oh, speaking of Jeremy, oh, my eyes are watering. <laughs> speaking of Jeremy Ober, um, I he was very sweet and had me play on his song Five Nights Violin. Cool. So another part of being out here at the studio is I've had the opportunity to record with so many people just by... Like, oh, you play violin? Or, hey, can you sing these background parts or, you know, come up with the piano part? And it's just been intriguing. It's been intriguing to Mm -hmm. do it. That's one of my favorite parts about art uh, is that aspect, especially music, where it's like one person can't go out there and do all of that stuff. I mean, definitely not all at the same time. You can't play the drums and bass and guitar and sing and sing your own backup vocals live and do it, you know, know, without a bunch of processing or something or loopers or whatever. But it's it's that's such a cool thing that somebody else is out here and they they find out that you might have something they can add to it. Yeah. Let's just toss it in and see how it sounds. You, you know? can always it, throw it out. Bingo! You can always toss it right back. It doesn't matter who right. it is. But that's that was kind of like what at a jam night. That's how that kind of felt. I learned yeah. how to imp- do a little bit of improvisation. Uh, the junkyard was the first jam night I played at because awesome. I was. Uh, such a recluse. I was like, this seems like a nice place. And the first night I went out there, it was packed. And I was like, I'm not playing. Like, bring gear. I'm like, no, no, no. No, I didn't. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the next time I came out there and it, was, it wasn't it was as packed. There were a lot of people there, but it was... Oh, they got the regulars. It was, yeah. It was Jeremy that came up and he was just like, Eric, I'm done playing. You're playing now. And it was like, like oh, oh, here I go. Okay, I'm, I guess, you know. This is me. Well, I'm going to have to catch one of your shows. I haven't oh, been to one yet, but I'll do that for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, the punk band doesn't play up here very often. And the metal band i'm in just plays like festival type shows usually. okay so um that's more or less just like a midwest pseudo traveling band yeah like once every couple of months show usually but that's kind of what hypnosis did we did more events and like opened up for national acts and uh maybe a few bars but not really we mm-hmm. didn't get into the bar scene didn't want to do the nine to one because we were all original mm-hmm. and we only had enough material for Two hours. Yes. You that, know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. That's so, so, and I'm not, a, I'm not, okay, I maybe, maybe have saying these boots are made for walking, but I'm not a big cover tune girl. You uh-huh. know what I yeah, mean? Yep. Yep. So everything we did was original. And so we, we looked more for events and openers and things like that. That makes a lot of sense though, too, because 
it's it's such a weird thing to think about if the if, if you go to a show at a bar a lot of times there's one band the whole night playing mm-hmm. like four hours stacking uh, right. originals with covers or just playing all covers um very rarely can you find somebody that's making four hours worth of original music mm-hmm. that and i'm not trying to be mean but it's like that is like hit after hit after hit after hit after that's hit good after hit. you know <laughs> yeah if, if they if they could do that they'd be making albums and touring the world yeah not to say that there aren't people that can't make even around here four hours worth of music like i'm sure if people had the time to do it there's a yeah. lot of people around here that could pull it off but it's such a tough like it's a tall order for anybody um I'm in a punk band. We play a handful of punk covers. It's a little bit easier to toss punk covers in with punk music and kind of blend them than it is. Uh, we play like metal, but here's Leonard Skinner. Yeah, you know, it's like exactly. it's a little bit out of the element of what you've normally been playing. So it's I get exactly what you're saying as far as it's tough to want to play in the bar scene when you can't fill up the entire slot because mm-hmm. then your only other option is to invite other people there uh as far as bands and it's it's a tough scene it's tough to be on those shows sometimes bands are late sometimes you gotta oh we're playing early now we were or they to disrespect your equipment that yeah. you're previously set up and yeah, I mean, you know all that stuff can go wrong but it sounds like i'm trashing mu- musicians and i'm not they're all the ones i've worked with have all been great but you know the struggles as trying to be an original independent musician yeah very difficult yeah and it's like you said i've everywhere i've played um has always cut me a fair deal i mean we talked about uh not getting paid as much in des moines usually as you would get paid in a smaller town but we talked about how that's based on economics every time i'm in des moines everyone the deal we agreed on has always been what we call on both sides a fair deal to everybody and they pay it all they always pay it out i've never not been paid at a show yeah so and that's another thing i want to say i've never not been paid what everybody has agreed to get paid ever like at a show so that's that's like this weird silver lining that i haven't had to deal with yet going, that's awesome. going somewhere and getting screwed over but like at the same rate everybody everybody's got each other's backs the places that want to have bands play and want to have original music in them are going to be nice to the original bands yeah. that come in and they're going to everyone's going to do their best to be as respectful to everyone else as they can it it always seems to work out pretty well 99 percent of the time which is which is something else i always thought was pretty odd because um I mean, it's slightly competitive, but also, like, at the same time, like, not competitive at all. You know what I mean? I never felt, quote, in competition. I just felt, uh, <laughs> is anyone going to come see us? <laughs> 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 Who's going to be here? No, I never, like, I played, I opened up Bonnie Finken in Des Moines. I mean, I had her open up for us. I played with Stella and Dirty Little Rabbits. Uh, cool, cool. Sean Cran's band. Mm-hmm. Um just a Ray Faring. I mean, a lot of, of, and I kind of stuck with the chicks. I wanted to kind of make it like chick shows. So Mm -hmm. since I was a lead singer, I would try to find these other girls and we started doing double shows and that was fun because then we shared the, you know, shared the stage and we both got to do our original stuff without running, you know, out of material, Mm -hmm. et cetera. That's really awesome. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. That that is also like one of the benefits though. If if somebody wants four hours and you can do two and finding a one of the bands to buddy up with every Heck now and then. Yeah. I feel like every band's got about five on the hook that they're like, these are our buddies and we know we can lean on them if we need somebody at yeah. a show that we can be like, Hey, come play the show with us. Dude, I need you now. Yep. And they'll <laughs> yeah. and they'll they'll do it if they can, you know. And it's it's really Absolutely. cool to have have those people to lean on in the in the music community. Like it's it's so weird to think that I don't know. I guess I never think too much about it, but it's so weird to think about if, like, somebody could be a fan of the band you're in. Yeah. Like, you know, even if they're your peer, which is something crazy 
that I guess I don't really think too much of coming inward towards me because I have so much of it going outward. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I always point at these guys, but the first time I saw TV Cap when they were sports team, I was just like, oh, yeah? what, what the heck is going on? These guys are so cool. You know, and it's, yeah. you're just high-fiving them all the time. And then every show they go that's anywhere nearby, you're like, what's up, dudes? Like, let's go out to eat or something, you know? Like, yeah. And you just, you're just buddies with them. And every show that we can play together, we try to. And it's it's been a while, so maybe we should play a show with TV Cap sometime. I think you should. Oh, man. Sounds like a great idea. Is there any of your hypnosis stuff available online anywhere? Um, is it on, I mean, like Spotify, Band, can, can people purchase it at least? Oh, yeah, for or? sure. Um, you know, I released all four albums digitally and physically. Uh, digitally, CD Baby changed things up. So okay. you used to have to pay nineteen ninety nine a year for, mm-hmm. or for, excuse me, forty nine ninety nine a year for an album. But the last two, the most recent ones, Brand New Game and... Um, Oh my gosh, I can't even I can't even remember the names of my own albums. That's so sad. Oh, no. That's how long it's been. But anyways, my last two albums are still up digitally mm-hmm. and then I've got physical copies. You can always contact the studio, you mm-hmm. know. If you want those, mail them out and you can order uh physical copies through CD Baby too. They have the oh, inventory, yeah. so. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, but you... if you go to I, um, YouTube or whatever, you can see our whole Heather Kelly. It's under Heather Kelly Topic. You can see our um, inventory of songs and nice couple videos in there. I looked a lot younger, but yeah. <laughs> Didn't we all? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even want to think about I was talking with How somebody. old are you? Uh, I'm 32. Oh. <laughs> Hush, little baby, don't you cry. No. Oh, my gosh. No, I... I was actually talking to somebody I went to school with recently about yeah. this, about how um, it's just like, man, I, I see so much of myself in you because I went back to school at like 28. Yeah. So I got to see like kids at 18. So I was like, I see so much of me in you when it was your age. Like, just, just give it 10 years. You'll calm down. Everything will be everything will be fine. Like, they're just freaking out about the stuff. And it's like, yeah. it's cool. It's cool. Like, oh, man. I hit 44 this year. That was a... That was monumental. <laughs> I'm like, no, 44, but I don't feel 44. You don't act 44. I don't look 44. <laughs> True that. True that. <laughs> <laughs> the picture that we will have promoing in the podcast will have no filter and it will look amazing. Oh, that's I just, funny. I just want everybody to know that. Yeah. No, it, you know, and that's the other thing. Like in music, age doesn't really mean anything. If anything, I've found oh. that, that the older you are, the better you are almost always. It seems like, like you get these old farmer dudes it's like oh he's been playing fiddle for 60 years out on a farm like in the middle of nowhere of course he's gonna be sick good you know like, yeah and then you go to these jam nights and it's like oh, it's just all these like like dudes like old dads you know but they're just like killing it out there never missing notes shredding it up and it, it's wild to see like especially being like i you know like 30 ish but i started watching music when i was like 18 i go to live sure. shows and it was it's like dude, these guys are killing it like where are you guys hanging out at it's like oh, i work in a factory like what how yeah. does that happen <laughs> I have a funny story about age real quick. Uh, I think I started recording here when I was 30. And the first record we released, we sent to Clive Davis. All right. And we got, I mean, we had a couple drinks that night. And we had an old computer out here. And he's like, let's send out our first big, here. you know, here's our first album. And I'll be goddamned if Victor Murgatroyd, Clive Davis's right hand, didn't get back to us next day. No way. <laughs> Kirk woke me up in bed. I sat straight up in bed, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> thinking it's great. And then Kirk, 
because they I <laughs> sorry. I had to call back Victor Murgatroyd that day and Kurt goes, Don't tell him you're 30. I mean, it was like so funny. Don't tell him you're 30. You know, it just was hilarious. And I'm like, if I was over the hill then, what am I now? But... <laughs> <laughs> don't because uh, i don't know if, i guess if you're there's I, I never know who's listening to these podcasts some people come in yeah. out of the dark and they have no clue music references from one thing for the next right. obviously they want they're looking for the next big thing uh, the youngest person they can find to mold into the future and make as much money off them as they possibly can yeah so the whole gist was don't tell them how old you are because yeah because you and honestly you, you really don't look 44 like at all no. so so like, i got i got baby face but clothes help <laughs> <laughs> that's why i wear a lot of them i cover up as much of myself as possible yeah. when i go to public <laughs> i do too so um let's see here how much time we got on this thing so I don't far? Know. We got forty minutes in already. This is longer than one of your podcasts usually. You, I know you're, you're like, freaking me out. I'm like getting dry throat here. <laughs> I'm I'm sweet in and out, done, boom, music, everything. And that's I don't know. That's one of the things about this podcast is for the longest time I try to keep everything as music based as possible and always only talk about music. And then sometimes I found myself getting into gear talk with people, which. Uh, I found out it's like an instant turnoff for most listeners. There's like I don't know what. No, because they tube, don't know tube screamers and nonsense. And it's just nonsense to people. I don't. And and it's I'm I get it. it makes sense, but it's, it's over my head, so you're <laughs> turning me off. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. No. <laughs> but but it is one of those weird things to think about. Like who who gets to hear this? Because it's I'm trying to I, I try to go into these things as well prepared as I can, but I also want to yeah. leave everything as open conversationally as Organic. I can. Cause it's, I feel like those are the best. Cause I've come in with somewhere. It's just like, um, people almost have like loaded up questions for you to ask them mm -hmm. during the interview. It's and sterile sometimes. It, it feels like that a little bit. And that's probably one of my favorite parts about having some dry moments in the podcast where you're just like, where are we going to take this next? Mm -hmm. And do you ever have anything like that? Or do you take most of that kind of stuff out in post-production when you do a podcast? Or is there any of that? Or do you just have like a bomb-ass 30-minute conversation and then just hit the lights and you're done? Well, and... you've got to remember I've only done this seven months. Yes. So in the beginning, there was a lot of, oh, stop, re you know, stop, <laughs> yeah. start again. But I guess I got more comfortable with it, so it's more of an easy conversation like we're having tonight. Mm -hmm. um, I got... <laughs> All my intros and outros done, so I no longer have to do those, which is great. Mm -hmm. it, to me, it's just a conversation with people. Yep. Just yeah. like we're having. I mean, yeah. it's super easy. Yeah, it is pretty nice. Um, yours, your podcast does a lot more highlighting of the musician themselves, yeah. their art they put out, things like that. And mine is kind of more on the just who who are you and what do you got going on kind of yeah. line, which is is a little bit weird to think about because it makes me think comes back to like how many people are listening from from what backgrounds uh, yeah because it's it's so crazy i've got uh people young and old uh male female uh from i got people from europe that listen to this thing for some reason fantastic so, so hello whoever's listening from dublin ireland every Hi, single dublin. week uh, i'm I, irish i love you uh <laughs> it's great and it's and it's kind of wild to think about that did you ever think that your podcast i mean do you have a, the availability to check on your stats or to see how many oh yeah like bill that? sends me updates every week um cool we're That's in awesome. 182 countries right now dude 
dude. Dude. That's wicked. I don't know how he does it. He is a master. He was in radio for years. So yeah. he, and also like master website, knows how to get everything at the top of Google, like all those aggregators. And mm -hmm. he's really good at that. Again, I just get the fun part. <laughs> I do. I really do. That's awesome. And that's really cool to have somebody like that on your side that uh, is willing to help out or at least sees the value in this. Um, it's not that I guess, it's not that I'm doing this alone and like wanted to do it alone and, and I'm going to do it alone forever, but it, it was definitely one of those things where I didn't know what I was doing when I first started out. You can definitely tell my first 10 podcasts, the audio is yeah. horrible compared to the the latter ones you know and and even then i can there's a few when people listen to them it's like that's this person's podcast because i can tell how it's mixed differently because i was still testing stuff out yeah and um and you don't have to do almost any of that work do you think that is a benefit or a hindrance i think i'm spoiled <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i you know i've re in this studio i've recorded for several years been here 13 years but i can run the gear in here mm -hmm. um when I do an interview, Kirk does sit in here and engineers it for me. So I'm telling you, I'm That's spoiled. Cool. That's so cool. He handles all the volume and all the glitches. And I, again, I'm looking at you and, and I want to say, I'm so sorry. I love you <laughs> because I know all the work that goes behind it. Yeah. And I have a team and you're just doing it on your own. So I want to thank you for. Oh, well, thank you. It's, yeah. it's. I mean, this shouldn't be just us high-fiving each other the whole time. High-five, high-five! It kind yeah. of is. But, you know, that's kind of the fun of it, though, too, is trying to find a guest every single week, uh, finding out how many people I actually know, um, how many people who actually don't want to talk is another crazy one. I've had so many people tell me no. Uh, yeah. And, and I get it, too. Cause like, uh, especially if you're not in the loop, like, what's a podcast? I don't want to be on that thing or whatever. And then it's yeah. like... Uh, something I've and the other end of it's just weird like doing promotional things online uh posting stuff in different groups on Facebook and stuff and I mean the weirdest thing I think that's ever happened was somebody accusing me of profiting off of other musicians hard work I saw all that business it, it was such a weird situation and it worked itself out really well because they just didn't know right but um it's that's probably like the weirdest thing that's happened to me and I've I've run into it a few times, but that was definitely the most public anything that ever happened. And you're sitting here thinking, I'm just trying to do what's right. Exactly. And you're getting your ass kicked. The craziest but... part about it was, was well, one of the people that came to my uh, defense in the whole situation, or at least talked to me about it a little bit, was uh, uh, Justin Comer from uh, I Hear I See, the podcast. It's a radio show in yeah. Iowa City. Yeah, yeah. It's also a podcast. He does a great job. He's got a 100th show coming up. It's uh, awesome. Uh, this will come out Thursday. His 100th show is coming up this weekend. So check it out. I hear, I see. I want to make sure I get that out there because he's he's awesome. He's been doing 100 shows. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was he was like, it's so weird that like if you if you go to your Facebook page, you can see like none of this exists. And then like the whole thing that got people uh, kind of up in a tizzy was I was looking to aggregate a like MTV like youtube channel sure uh, like a playlist that could have everybody's music on it from all across iowa all different genres i don't care what it was send me your music videos um official music videos only no live videos please but um you know i don't even play music on my podcast the only right. music that's on here is like a tiny snippet of a three-finger betty jam at the end of a, one yeah. of our nights that's all i play it's the intro and outro music that's where it came from if you're looking for it but yeah but it's so weird because like you play music on your podcast, which I think is one of the coolest things about yours, and and almost every music podcast that's out there does that. And it's not like I'm not doing it just to um, be different, I guess. Right. Um, you and I discussed a little bit. I just I don't I don't know the best way to go about doing it 
correctly to make sure that whatever happens monetarily goes to the correct people. I don't profit off of my podcast, but I do have an advertiser at the beginning usually. And I do draw not monetary value out of that, but I do draw some value out of having that advertiser at the beginning. So I don't want people to think that I'm coming out here and just like put this person on my podcast so I can get all their listens and, yeah. and then stacking their music on there and play it for it's free. It's not like that at all. It was such a weird thing. Um, yeah. Have you ever run across anything uh, not quite like that, but like anything kind of odd like that in the in the scene where you're just like, whoa, what happened here? This didn't quite seem to go the way I thought it was going to. I thought we were all kind of on the same team here, but... Oh, well, not so much with the podcast, but during hypnosis, I sure did. Don't, you know what like, I mean? Uh, do you have any like general examples that um, <laughs> that you won't be able to? Uh, oh, least... it's all behind us, so we can laugh about it now. But okay. the last album, Hearn wrote a song called Set Me Free. And Melvin's more rock and Dave's more 80s. But we ended up, nobody could get along. Nobody could except what mix was going to be put out. Mm -hmm. So I put out Set Me Free 1 and Set Me Free Remix because I had to shut them up. But that's what like broke the band up. Oh, I'm yeah. like, God damn it, guys. Why can't we just get along? You know, that's a weird thing, though. It happens. Be because um, there has to be this give and take, especially going into a studio where like I, uh, Three Finger Betty is in and out of making a new album. We've got all the stuff recorded. We're trying to cool. mix it the correct way that we want to. And that's exactly like you said. You're running into issues with how it's mixed. Uh, people in the band might not agree with certain things. Uh, there's some things in the album that I've found that I didn't care for as much, but at the same rate, everybody else loved them. So it's just like, I'm outnumbered. I'm just going to let it go. Because it's, yeah. it's not, you know. Well, that was the problem is some of us couldn't let it go. Oh, I mean. So, but you know what? We all love each other. We're all still great friends. Yeah. We created great music and yeah, it was a good time. Exactly. Um, I, the biggest thing I have for at least Three Finger Betty or at least any of the music I play, I'm I'm not so much like a composer of music as I am just like a performer of music. I don't I don't write any of the Three Finger Betty stuff almost, okay. almost at all. Like John does literally all the the verbiage and he writes the song structure and we just fill in all the gaps because he can't play everything you yeah know? right you know and so obviously without me there it would sound different but at the same rate i'm not i'm not the one swinging the hammer on the rocks here, mm -hmm. you know so if, if anybody else in the band putting in the real work especially people that have been playing in bands so much longer than me i'm gonna i'm gonna let them have a green light probably yeah um and some of that's some of that's just the whole fact that it's I'm trying to figure out my place still in the music scene, and that's one reason I started this podcast because it was like, why didn't anybody have a podcast about this yet? You know, and then you yeah. start one, you're like, oh, there's people with podcasts about this. You know, radio shows turned into podcasts and things like that. Yeah. Um, are is your podcast? I know it's available online pretty much anywhere, but you can go to Fort Dodge. Was was it Fort Dodge Radio? Yeah, fordodgeradio.com. Dot com. Is your podcast available like on their radio station? Because you can tune into a station there. It so is. It's played at certain times. Okay. Yeah, it's played. It's played. Anybody that I interview, it's played eight times that month. Okay. It's played Friday, Saturday, at different times. Mm -hmm. One is an evening show. One's a daytime show for people. You know, different yep. demographics. Perfect. And so one interview gets you eight eight times a month and in all those different countries. So it's, it's going good. Yeah. It's really cool. I've actually yeah. at, at, a at work a couple of times, just tuned into the radio station just to see what was on, you know, yeah. cause, cause it is kind of fun to have an internet radio station. I've, I interviewed one internet radio station DJ. It was a uh, Bob Minter. He's out of, 
uh, like Belmonte-ish area, maybe somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. over this way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm not used to the directions in this building. No, but, I know. But yeah, um, he has an awesome radio station, uh, Code Zero Radio. It's yeah. Really, it's really kind of, you know, that's just the other cool thing is how how... How does somebody start an internet radio station like just from scratch, especially in Fort Dodge? It's just mind blowing to me that that that's a thing and it's it's happening and it's real. Yeah. Well, again, that has a lot to do with Bill Grady. He had twenty plus years experience in radio. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, general management and everything. And um, this was a vision of his. And until he got it up and running, and then we had a meeting and he presented this opportunity. I was like, bingo, Yahtzee, I'll do it. I love to talk. <laughs> uh, I can do that. So That's yeah. really cool. Uh, do you have any hypnosis stuff like Facebook? Is any of that stuff still running? for? Or did you ever have one? Or oh, yeah. I, we've got an official website. It's nice. www.hypnosis.com. Of course, Facebook. And you can find CD Baby iTunes. Oh, my gosh. MySpace. Oh, sweet. 2006 or something. <laughs> but, I mean, no, all that stuff's up there. Sweet. It, and, you know... A lot of the reasons people couldn't find us is the spelling, the yep. H-I-P-K-N-O-S-A. Yep. Well, there's two reasons. Heather Kelly, okay. H and K, yep. and then Heather and Kirk. Because okay. when we first started, our first band was called H and K, featuring Heather Kelly. Okay. So that's just kind of how it came up. And my dad owned a sign shop, so we worked on logos, and we made t-shirts. And cool. That's and awesome. bumper stickers, and we did the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm no foreigner to the stickers thing. That's like one of my favorite yeah. promotional tools. I just, I huck stickers out left and right. I, I mean, saw I, those at the gallery today, too. I make it rain. I need to go drop some more off down there. Yep. Um, yeah, so if you're ever, I mean, I on the Instagram, I post pictures of where I, I hide stickers at locations. So I'm not on the gram yet. I've never, I, uh, I'll think about it. It's, it's whatever. I mean... I, the only reason I got on Instagram was for bands and podcasts. I don't, I don't have a personal one. And people, oh, you need to get one. Man. I don't know. Just hit me up at Audible Farm. I know. You exactly. Know, it's the best I got. I mean, I'm on I'm on everything else. If You are. You're everywhere. I, it's, it gets to be a little bit of a drag. Do you do your own promoting or does Fort Dodge Radio I do all the promoting? I promote my own shows. Mm -hmm. He promotes his radio. I promote the, my own shows. All right. So if you go to his website, you'll see um, shows, mm -hmm. like whatever, and then you click on it. It's the Indie Music Room with Heather Kelly, and then you can find every episode there. Yep. And then what I do is I basically just share and post all those once he gets some past post-production. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, share them with everybody. That's so. really cool. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of also wild that, like... Uh, you do have a pretty big following on Facebook, if I recall correctly. I mean, my phone's not with me, otherwise That's I'd double-check okay. it. But, but I want to say that our numbers are pretty comparable, which is you know, pretty wild. Do you think that like two small-town people can have such high listen rates and high numbers for a podcast? Um, and that's... That's just to say, I'd I'd love to... I wish there was a way for all of us to sit down with like the same... Because I, I know of at least six podcasts in Iowa that are doing something adjacent to what we're doing at least a little bit. Wouldn't uh, it be cool to have like a brainstorm session? Yeah, just have us all sit down. I actually, uh, Podcast IA was what it was called. Uh, it's still a thing. It's not as active as it used to be. But last year they had a meeting and, mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of podcasters from all over Iowa got together and talked about what we were doing and how to do it better. Well, keep um, me posted. I'd be interested if you uh, hear something about that. There, so. There's another one called the Iowa Podcast Network, but uh, once again, it's not as active as it used to be. Mm -hmm. But it's still still a thing. Right. So uh, 
<clears throat> excuse me geez sure. but that, that's a uh, those are options if you go to audiblefarm.com scroll all the way to the bottom you'll find uh link the to, links on link it yeah both those as well as a link to your podcast because i saw that thank I enjoy you that. uh yeah and i gotta i gotta say thanks for putting a little link to mine on on yours as well you got it, it it's it's one of those things while we're out there supporting all these musicians we might as well support each other supporting the musicians you know i agree um and and that's one of the most beautiful things i think that our scene has going for it um i get a lot of exposure to the fort dodge and des moines scenes not so much anywhere else but uh the des moines scene's got pockets of of really great people that support each other right and, and i feel like if they could just all lock arms it could be an unstoppable force down there it's kind of happening up here in fort dodge you'll yeah. go, you'll go to jam nights where it's some dude playing an acoustic guitar and there's a guy that only plays metal and he's up there hanging out having a great time because they everybody just loves everybody you yeah know? and it's I've, it's good it's good stuff it's pretty wild i haven't heard too many people up and around the area that have said almost anything bad ever about anyone ever and which is is pretty wild especially in the music scene because uh well some of us we all and that's the thing music's so subjective that you can have an opinion on it which draws a lot of people having bad opinions yeah. and and letting them out which is something I try my best not to do having an hour long weekly podcast which mm-hmm. is insane but uh I feel like I've done a pretty good job and I feel like everyone that's been on the podcast has done a pretty good job about it I've liked everything I've heard it's all positive <laughs> it's all good stuff it, it's it's supposed to be uh sometimes I joke around that I'm like oh no is somebody going to take that way out of context and be and be super mean about it or what but well it's if they do that's in their own brain yeah, because yeah, I, I you guess know. you know that's just something I I listen I listen mostly I listen to tons of podcasts. Mostly it's comedy podcasts. So <laughs> I I hear a lot about What's your what, favorite comedy podcast? Oh my gosh. Uh I listen <laughs> I listen to Bill Burr's new podcast today. Yep. Bill Burr's podcast is probably one of my favorite cuz it's just him in a room talking about stuff and he, right. and he's I just imagine him him sitting in a tiny closet just yelling, just pacing back and <laughs> forth, just sweating and yelling a bunch. <laughs> Funny. If you haven't checked it out, that's a good one. Um I did a podcast with a gal that has a podcast in iowa and it's called welcome to my show that was a fun one to listen to for a long time she does all sorts of crazy stuff on there uh michelle guild mm-hmm. uh, that was that interview that was a really good one as far as iowa podcasts go uh that, i mean i do listen to a lot of com- i don't want to out all of my comedy tastes because people might start to pigeonhole me a little bit <laughs> but that's, that's one reason i try and generalize as much as possible yeah you're good at that <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I definitely swing into um, <clears throat> adult-themed podcasts, yeah. people that have uh, vulgar terminology. Because I think it's funny when you're driving on the road and somebody somebody says swear words. For some reason, it just makes me laugh. So uh-huh. I do I do listen to a lot of uh, Joe Rogan as well. Yeah. I mean, everybody listens to Rogan um, or hates him, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool when you can have a guy that's a comedian that talks to other comedians and you can laugh super hard and then Neil deGrasse Tyson's on the next week and you're like... Uh-huh. Dude, this guy's wicked smart, you know, and yeah, he had a mycologist on there recently. That was a good one, but and it's so weird to think that I, I listen to those types of podcasts, which are kind of interviewee ish, but at the same yeah. rate, like, how do I go from listening mostly to comedy podcasts to starting a talking podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, um, did you ever see yourself maybe starting a podcast before the opportunity was dropped in your lap? Hell no, 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 no. I it uh. You and I both know I'm a good talker, but uh, I didn't know that I could put it to use. <laughs> but uh, this, it just came up, and 
I needed something to do, you know, with my mom was failing and I was her caretaker for 11 years. So I knew that after this came, I was going to have to have something to focus on. And I've enjoyed building it up so far. So Yeah, you've, you've done a great job. Thanks. You've got, you got a great team around you. Your yeah. voice sounds great. Um, that's another thing that I think is crazy. I need to drink some water or something. I'm going to cough again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like... I, I oftentimes think like, oh man, does my voice sound weird on the radio? And then you like start to mix your own stuff and you're like, gross. Like, I know. It sounds so bad. Put it through a filter or something. I know. But like, I mean, y- yours sounds great. It sounds like you've been doing radio before. Have Have you ever done any radio, like emceeing of any things like that? Um, I've never emceed. I've been interviewed, you know, with the hypnosis mm-hmm. and such, but... No, it's just my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think you're doing a great job doing what you're doing. Thank I'm, I'm you. sure we're getting close. Oh, we yeah. got 59 minutes. Which How is about usually, that? Which is usually about what I try and shoot for in case I need to edit some goodies out, which yeah. this one will require zero editing. I hope not. This, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Um, shoot me some links. I'll drop them all down below for everybody that didn't have a pen and paper. I will do that. So that way... If you're listening and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to write down the links, just scroll down. They're, they're down below. Um, I'll give them to you. All the hypnosis goodies, links to your podcast. Awesome. I'll take it all. And, uh, Thank well, you. I'd love to share it because, I don't know, like I said, if, if people like us could just lock arms yeah. and, and do the thing we're doing and just be like, if you like what I'm doing, check out what they're doing. That's how I feel. That's all it takes. You yeah. Know, and let, yeah. let the people that want to listen, listen. Awesome. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come to the studio today and spend an hour with me. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, thank you. Uh, so. I was. Somebody told me once, busy people don't say they're busy. And I think I said that on a recent podcast. But that's how I feel sometimes. It's like, I am pretty busy, but I also kind of just want to just suck, uh, suck it up and keep going. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Well, again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Heather. All right. Have a good night. You too. Oh, that one was so cool. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a weird thing. I like I talk about it in a lot of the outros, but a lot of these people I'm talking with, I, I it's about a 50-50 shot whether or not I've actually met these people before. And uh, the extent of me and Heather Kelly meeting each other was literally nothing more than a phone call a handful of weeks prior. Uh, other than listening to her podcast on a a monthly basis, I usually she usually puts out about one a month or so. And I, I, I love checking them out. Like I said, we've only overlapped once ever, and that was with uh, Alejandro Trevino. So if you guys want to get a look into the music scene in Northern Iowa, um, and I don't have enough content for you, check out the Indie Music Room with Heather Kelly. I highly suggest it. It's available everywhere. Um, you, can, you can even check it out online at fortdodgeradio.com. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, you know what? I... I've, I didn't know anybody else was even doing this, and then I found out that we started podcasts pretty close to the same time, and hers has really taken off. Uh, we, we discussed stats and things like that in the, in the podcast here, but I, I highly suggest it. There's a link down below where you can uh, find a link to fordodgeradio.com uh, and her little page on there, and it's, it's really awesome. All the episodes are there. It's available on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart. I mean, it is everywhere, so check it out. Um, I mean, there's even an RSS feed there. If you want to listen to the radio station, I mean, you can listen to FortDodgeRadio.com, the internet radio station, and uh, the podcast even plays on there. So that's really, really sweet. Check it out. Um, I got links to that as well as tons of links to hypnosis stuff. So if you want to check out her material from her time in hypnosis, 
go down below, check it out. I mean, I've got Reverb Nation, CD Baby. You can buy the you can buy the songs. You can buy physical copies off CD Baby as well. Um, Facebook pages, the whole nine yards. Check it out. I got it all down below. I want. I just want to say super huge thanks to uh, Heather Kelly for letting me swing out to Junior's Motel and do a podcast with her. I know it's probably a little weird sitting on the other end of the microphone um, while somebody else is doing the interviewing, but uh, thanks, Heather. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I also want to say, you know, it's just really cool to get out to Junior's Motel. If you've never heard of it, check it out online. Junior's Motel near Otho, um, the Fort Dodge Otho area. Sweet, sweet recording studio. It's all analog, which uh, if that intrigues you, maybe uh, swing back a couple episodes and check out the Travis Adkinson episode. He does a lot of analog recording stuff too, and, you know, that is... It's something that's not super common, but within like four or five episodes, I had a couple people that have ties to an analog studio um, on my podcast. So that's that's pretty wild as far as I'm concerned. So check that out. Um, there's all sorts of good links down below, as well as links to www.audiblefarm.com. You can go there. You can listen to all of the podcasts that I have. Uh, they're available in a couple different playlists, whether or not you want to listen to it from SoundCloud or, or YouTube. Both playlists are there, available on the website, as well as links to everything uh facebook twitter instagram you name it i mean i got links to everything on there it's uh it it is what it is man it's uh it's a really cool thing that i i guess i never really thought i'd have my own website i was uh leaned on the iowa podcast network to to do a lot of my work for me and uh now i've got my own website so you can go there check it out uh you can find out where you can listen to the auto farm podcast you can also find all our social media and things on there uh, there's a nice little smattering of social media stuff as uh, some of our Instagram feed is on there as well as our podcast shirt. Yeah, that's right. Um, we've got a few podcast shirts available still. So if you want to check that out, go there. Otherwise, um, Heather Kelly and I with the Indie Music Room, we've kind of partnered up a little bit. At the bottom of the page, you can find a partner section. And uh, there's a link to Heather Kelly's podcast right there. So... If you uh, go to audiblefarm.com, you can also find a link to Heather Kelly's podcast, The Indie Music Room. Highly suggest you guys check that one out. Very well-produced podcast. You can even listen to the tunes of the bands that uh, the people she's interviewing, some of their old tunes, new tunes, uh, just things they got going on. It's wicked. It's wicked cool. Uh, highly suggest everybody check it out. If you like this podcast, guarantee you like that one. So go ahead and like, click, rate, review, subscribe, poke, whatever, whatever you got to do. Do all the good stuff support indie music in your area uh, i'm gonna try my best uh in the next year to maybe uh help out some of these other podcasts i know mine is not the biggest and it's not the most popular but i also feel like some of these people need to have some light shown on them because i'm not the only one out there doing exactly what i'm doing there's a lot of us uh doing our best to support the indie music scene in iowa and beyond any way we can and uh, i really just want to thank each and every one of you for listening and every single one of my guests for joining me on the podcast whether or not i you know whether or not it was a remote interview or a skype interview or whether or not anybody came to my my little mini studio here and did a little re- recording with me in the mini studio uh it's i just want to say thank you to every single person thank you guys for listening i just the hospitality the the kindness the niceness has been insanely it outweighs the bad by a million to one it's it's so cool i uh just thanks everybody i really appreciate you guys uh supporting the podcast loving on it so uh go to audiblefarm.com check out all the links make sure you scroll down uh in the description section of this podcast and check out everything heather kelly has to offer 
It's totally cool. Uh, check out the Indie Music Room. I am going to make another pot of Couchtown coffee, and then I got some work to do. So I will check you guys all next week. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Peace.